0: You're listening to the Blaze Foray podcast. Join us each week as we talk about life, spirituality, pop culture, and fulfilling your dreams.
1: Have we got a show for you. Blaze,
0: blaze foray. foray. Blaze Foray. Blaze Foray. Blaze Foray.
1: There's Isn't never, 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 a show like I Blaze Foray. It's <laughs> time for <laughs> Blaze Foray. Blaze <laughs> <laughs> So, welcome to the Blaze Foray podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Blaze Foray. This is episode number 31 of the Blaze Foray podcast, and it's the week of September 6th. Today is Tuesday, and I'm excited to come to you with a special, special episode with a special, special someone. <laughs> <laughs> So today, if you've been following my show for the last 30, 31 weeks, you'll realize I don't interview anyone. I just talk all myself. And uh, you'll find out today that the person that I'm interviewing thinks that I do that just in normal life anyway. So I try to make my podcast just just like my real life where I just talk the whole time. (laughs) But today, I want to make room for those who have... Um, even more important and powerful things to say than myself and so I get the awesome privilege to bring my wife Christina Ferre onto the show formerly known as Christina Heaston and um, October 5th of 2014 changed everything for you even your last name right right. except for it didn't change your last name until we changed it like two months ago so Well, anyway, right now we only have one mic, and so you guys are just going to have to deal with it. Um, But, well, welcome, Christina. This is my wife, Christina. Welcome.
0: Hi. Yes, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me.
1: Of course, of course. Um, So, what's it like being married to uh, a (laughs) professional podcaster? (laughs) Professional podcaster?
0: Oh, it's the best. It's like a dream
1: dream come true
0: a dream come true every day for me is like listening to a podcast (laughs) (laughs) just listen no need for feedback
1: (laughs) well um, I'm excited to have Christina on the show today because uh, well I've been thinking about interviewing for her for a long time and uh, I've been thinking about letting her talk for a long time, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just being funny with myself here because she uh, always tells me she's like all you do is ever talk, and when I try to talk, you just interrupt me. But I just don't know if that's true. We need a third party to confirm that. So
0: okay, by the end of this episode, we'll take a vote. You can write in the comments how many times please interrupt me.
1: We can we can what we can do is somebody out there, if you'll just um, do a tally mark every time I say a word. So tally mark for every word that I say, and then tally mark for every word that Christina <laughs> says, and I will count up the number of words. You could even more. You could do the syllables. You could tally up every syllable. Well, um, today I wanted to interview Christina because she is not only the my favorite person in the world and um, my most special friend and my wife, but uh, she also has... Um, She's also an entrepreneur, and she is a go-getter, and she's a young hustler. <laughs> <laughs> she really is the hardest worker I know, and I know some pretty hard workers out there, uh, but she really is the hardest worker that I've ever met. But not, but she's also very, very creative, and um, she gets an idea and puts it into practice and makes things happen. And so, I wanted to put her, on, bring her on the show today, and um, and we'll talk about this later. But uh, today's episode is brought to you by Fall Break. Fall Break is a gathering in the mountains of North Carolina taking place September 12th through the 15th. It is a um, it is an Asheville Folk sponsored event. Fall Break Co. We'll be having Ruthie Lindsay come out and speak to us. If you uh, guys have ever heard of Ruthie Lindsay, sure. she's a very inspiring speaker and uh, creator and designer. She comes from Nashville. We're having uh, Rocky Garza from Staff Retreat Co. come out and speak to us. And um, we're having Jenny from Slingshot, from Slingshot oh, Coffee. Jenny from Slingshot Coffee uh, come out and speak to us as well. Uh, we're having Will – what's his – No more last names. Oh, uh, last names. hard names. Um, shirts, shirts, yeah, I think that's, that's what guy. it is too uh, We're having Will from Methodical Coffee in Greenville um, If you guys don't know Will Just go on Methodical Coffee Greenville's Instagram And you'll see him He's the guy with cool long hair And he's always smiling and always being kind I remember the first time I met Will um, He won't, probably won't remember the first time he met me But uh, but I remember the first time I met Will Because we were out there And um, I just remember being like That guy looks cool And then he like his coolness matched his kindness That was... Uh, That was, like, what I noticed about him. He was just so, so stinking nice. And I was like, is this even real? Like, that a barista would be this nice to you? I know.
0: Usually baristas are mean. I know. Those baristas. Snobby.
1: I know. Do you know any snobby baristas? Without saying names. Without saying barista parlor. Oh, gosh. <laughs> we can edit that out or not. I mean, I mean, actually, that's one of my favorite uh, coffee my shops. my
0: favorites, too.
1: <laughs> but we, d- we have had, heard some funny stories. Um, anyways, uh, coffee shops these days are, do you remember whenever we first went to Crema in Nashville?
0: Oh, I would never go there by myself.
1: Well, I used to just go in there and work all the time. That's where I wrote my book. And so I was used to being there all the time. And then whenever Christina and I met, I was like, let's go to Crema. And she was like, oh no, I, I don't look cool enough to go to crema today.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm not crema ready.
1: <laughs> well, eventually I drug her in there. and But you, it's kind of what, what did it make you feel like going in there?
0: Oh, well, it was just fine now. But when I first went in there, it was super intimidating because everyone was so cool and had cool hair and was working on cool things,
1: <laughs> Facebooking.
0: <laughs> and I, I'm not a huge like coffee snob, so I don't know the best way to order. Yeah, so I was just very intimidated. But then once we started going, everybody was super nice, and it was fun.
1: And you realized they weren't as cool as they came off to be.
0: And then I was like, I'm cooler than you guys.
1: (laughs) And then every time Christina walked in, everybody would, like, change what they were doing, and, like, the guys would, like, try to fix their hard part even more, and the girls would try to, you know, hard part in their hair, you know, (laughs) like, make it really, like, solid and distinct. And then the girls would like Really try to like You know Make sure their ombre Was showing well And yeah Put on their little like Sun hats and stuff Um, And the baristas Would quickly put on their uh, 1855 aprons (laughs) (laughs) You know you're in a cool coffee shop If the coffee baristas Are wearing aprons That look like they're from 1885 (laughs) That's true So Will is coming from Methodical
0: And Matt from Dapper Inc Oh Matt from What is Dapper Inc? Screen printing
1: Screen printing Custom printing,
0: custom screen printing,
1: custom screen printing. Even better. If you don't know what it is, Google it.
0: They did the also. I'm pretty sure the Landmark Project. What's that? Mm, next question.
1: (laughs) Google it. Well, listen, we got a great uh, we got a great event coming up for you. Oh, and we also have yours truly, Christina Ferre. She'll be uh, hosting the event and sharing a little bit about. Being an entrepreneur and being a creative, and i uh, excited for that. And, you know, I might even say a couple things, too. Who knows? Who
0: knows? Who,
1: who knows? I mean, I can't seem to keep my mouth shut, usually, so.
0: No, Blaze is going to help MC it. We'll do that together. And then he's also going to host a or teach a public speaking workshop, which is going to be really great. So aside from all the keynote speakers, there will also be a lot of different workshops. We'll have a social media workshop, how to turn your Instagram followers into clients, uh, public speaking one goal setting food styling speaking, speaking. uh sorry public speaking and communication mm-hmm. <laughs> my apologies and um what else uh branding stuff like that it's gonna be really great yeah
1: like we'll we'll even have some cows out there like and and uh That's rude. <laughs> We'll have some cows out there and uh, some rodeo cows and, and some cowboys that show us how to brand and um, it's gonna be awesome. We can put your brand on a branding iron and brand an animal. Um, no, but really, actual branding, not from the 1800s, but the new kind of branding.
0: Branding and how to track the ideal clients, your ideal clients, your
1: ideal clients, <laughs> branding. How to attract <laughs> your ideal clients call 1-800-347-5555 call now before it's too late <laughs> anyway let's get this thing started so hey check it out fallbreak.co right
0: there's still a few just a few tickets available there are a few a tickets today i think ticket sales stop on friday so you only have Three days to get
1: them. You got three days to get them. We may, you know, look, we, we might make an exception for you, but only you if you buy the ticket the day up. But we'll see. Anyway, check it out, fallbreak.co. We have evening passes available. I mean, it's camping, glamping, like all kinds of cool stuff.
0: And we're going to have styled dinners every night. And anime is coming from Nashville to play some music. Wait,
1: Anna the the Japanese cartoons?
0: <laughs> Anna space May.
1: An- oh, musician. anime the musician. Got it, got yeah. it. Yeah. Anime, yeah. We uh, we had her on the Asheville Folk oh, podcast yeah. a while back, right? Yeah. So anyway, um, we're really excited about that. So get your tickets, come on out, and spend some time with us. I mean, literally, it's gonna be imagine like Pinterest on steroids. Like <laughs> it's gonna be like a week of the coolest looking things. But you're also gonna have in- constant inspiration and motivation to go after your dreams, accomplish your goals, and be the best dang entrepreneur. In the Southeast. That's right. That's right. All right. So um, today we want to talk to Christina about many different things. Many, many different things. I've got a lot of surprise questions for you today. Um, Well, Christina, first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where did you grow up? Um, And, yeah, where did you grow up? Um, And what got you to Asheville?
0: Well, I grew up in Greenville, South Carolina. And went to Anderson University. And then when I graduated, I moved to Columbia, South Carolina. Then I moved to Hawaii. and Wait,
1: why did you move to Hawaii?
0: Well, I moved there because I visited and I loved it. And I was like, I'm going to move here one day. And I thought maybe when I was old and retired, I would retire there. But then I came home and my little brother moved there just a few months like after that. And I was like, OK, if he can do it, I can do it. So I just moved there. And at the time, I was a wedding photographer in South Carolina, which was awesome. I was, like, living my dream and being, like, self-employed. But I was like, I'm just going to try this in Hawaii. And I did, and it ended up being huge there. There's, like, a huge wedding market there anyways, a ton of destination weddings and stuff. So it was a lot easier to get work there. Um, than I expected and so I stayed there for two years and then finally I was like okay I can't live here forever even though it's wonderful it's so far away from everything so I decided I want to move back to the mainland and I wasn't I didn't necessarily want to go back to South Carolina not that there's anything wrong with it I I just just you know where I was from so I decided to move to Nashville my sister lived there and I got on
1: e you did
0: <laughs> so after i moved to nashville i didn't really know anybody besides my sister and she's married with a kid so she wasn't really into going out um
1: <laughs> she wasn't into hitting a club <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then i was still doing wedding photography so i was self-employed i was like working from home in my pajamas so i didn't really meet anybody um except mm. for, like, were you
1: really working at home in your pajamas yes <laughs> or are you working from home in a towel?
0: <laughs> I didn't want you to have to mark this, um, adult me. audience. <laughs> um, yeah, I worked from home in a towel, and whenever I would take a shower in the morning, I would just keep wrapped up in my towel for like five hours, <laughs> in air dry. Uh, well,
1: some most people know this probably, but maybe some people out there don't know this. But so, like, when you, um, when you, so as a wedding photographer, like those of you who are engaged shopping for wedding photographers, you're probably like freaking out when you go and see the prices. I know when I found out how much like it costs, I think initially, um, it just seems like a lot. But really once I saw you, the way that you do, wh- how much work it takes, explain to people what that process looks like. Cause you're not just there like shooting a wedding for like six hours and then you're done. Right. right. What, what does it look like?
0: Well, first of all, it's just a lot of work beforehand to like learn, how to take good photos anyways. And then the equipment you use is all expensive. Not all expenses paid. It's <laughs> it's expensive. And then you're um, shooting on the most important day of somebody's life. So it's kind of stressful depending on who you are and your personality. And then it can also be stressful if you're surrounded by a um, bridezilla, you might call them. And so just the day of is already – It's more intense than just, oh, a photo shoot. Then on top of that.
1: Because you're capturing the stress of you have to capture. You are the one that's making sure they make the memories, that you keep the memories. So there's a lot of like, it's a pretty big job.
0: Yeah, and there's like everything they want photographed, like their shoes and the invitation and the dress without anybody wearing it and the dress with somebody wearing it. Um,
1: With everybody wearing it?
0: With everyone wearing it. (laughs) They take turns. And then... um,
1: Depends on the couple.
0: (laughs) But the big job is after that, whenever you're editing, because to, like, sift through all those photos um, and make sure everybody looks good, make sure everybody's eyes are open, color correct, just all of that takes a lot longer.
1: So, like, if you shoot a wedding that's eight hours long, about how much time are you home editing the photos?
0: An eight-hour wedding? Um, I would say like, eight, uh, I don't know, like 18 hours,
1: 18 hours, I think
0: so. maybe more, maybe
1: more. So that's a lot of work. So it's, you're, you're looking at like, you're looking at about a 26 hour job total. Like, it seems like it's more than that. When I watch you do it sometimes like, well, maybe that's for the 10, 12 hour weddings that you do.
0: Yeah. And I guess too, I, if I have a second shooter, which I usually do. So i.e. that's me so then it takes kind of twice as long
1: and who, you did train
0: i did i'm also a photography trainer is what they call me
1: personal <laughs> trainer in photography
0: okay. um, pt um yes i trained blaze and he was my second shooter and he would fly with me to hawaii and wherever i needed and shoot with me And he did a great job he's a natural
1: thank you thank you Yep, yeah, that's how she wrote to me and she was like Come on, I'll take you to Hawaii I'll take <laughs> you all over the world <laughs> no um so that's so that's what you were doing you were uh, you were a wedding photographer oh
0: yeah so I was shooting weddings and I wasn't really meeting anybody in Nashville or if I did they were about to get married so not yeah so then <laughs> I decided I had a lot of friends doing like okay Cupid and match and stuff and I had never done it but I decided to try so I got any harmony and a week later i met blaze and then we got married six months later and here we are
1: here we are on a podcast it's it's exciting stuff looks like sunny cutler is calling me (laughs) sunny i'll have to call you back so um so we met we got married six months later and uh and then We tell the rest of the story. What happened after that?
0: Well, which parts? Right after? (laughs) No. How did did
1: we get to (laughs) Asheville?
0: Um, then we went to um our three month honeymoon in Martha'sville, Missouri. And we oh, we were deciding if we were gonna move back to Hawaii. I still had a lot of weddings in Hawaii and was going back almost every month. A lot of times with Blaze, sometimes without, and um I just we just thought about moving there because it made sense and then kind of at the last minute we were like why don't we try Asheville because my parents live about an hour from Asheville so whenever we were driving from Nashville to Greenville South Carolina to plan our wedding we would always stop in Asheville and get coffee or dinner or something and we at
1: would- a uh, at a coffee shop that we shall not name
0: <laughs> and then um we just really liked it, and we were like, let's give it a shot. Let's try it for a year, see if we like it. If not, we'll do something else. And so we came, and we love it.
1: Tony Sai is calling me now. Tony, I'll have to call you back later. Man, I'm, I'm popping.
0: getting here. lots of phone calls, too, you know. <laughs> I'm just not announcing all of them, but.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we moved to Asheville. We had only been here, two, like, twice. I mean, you had been here before when you were younger as a college student, but we had only been here together twice, and then – um. We just up and moved, came here.
0: Yeah, because we did love Nashville too, but we were kind of like wanted to start a new life together as a married couple and just a new adventure.
1: Yeah, we didn't want anybody to know us as single people. <laughs> <laughs> Christina used to say that. She's like, I don't want people to just know me or just know you. I want people to know us. <laughs> let's Yeah, you did. <laughs> you know, like, let's get out of here. No, but we'd only been in Nashville for like a year each, so it wasn't like we had deep roots there. I mean, we had some friends and stuff, but... But it was a cool little leap. So um, so once we got here, tell me a little bit about like your transition from, uh, from being a full-time wedding photographer to uh, what you're doing now with Asheville Folk.
0: Okay. Well, whenever we moved here, it was wonderful. We loved it here. But we had a hard time making friends. We didn't really meet anybody because both of us were self-employed now. And... That was hard. Um, We would meet, randomly meet like a cool couple or somebody and then think we hit it off and then never see them again. So it was a little bit discouraging at first and after about five months I was like, okay, we need to make some friends around here. So I would be like looking up events or things happening that we could go to and um, I couldn't find anything. Asheville is such a cool like artsy, fun city, but it was hard to find somewhere to go to meet people. So I decided I would start my own. So I started Asheville Folk, and I started messaging people to get coffee with me. <laughs> and I was like, do you want to get coffee? And then help me with this thing, Asheville Folk, and then we'll have a, a dinner together. <laughs> and they said yes. Cool. Some people didn't say yes. Some people uh, didn't respond to me. What?
1: Um, but, but you, like, so when you were messaging people, like, did you know what you were starting? Or, like, you were...
0: No, not really, actually. Whenever I just started this account and um, started called asheville folk an instagram account and i would feature like cool places in asheville kind of pictures of cool coffee shops or mountains or whatever just cool things in asheville and there really wasn't anything here that did that at the time so it grew pretty quick i was really surprised because <laughs> it it wasn't really anything but people started following it and commenting on it and liked it so then um, we started doing local takeovers where i would ask a person in asheville a local to take over the account for a week and they would share their favorite spots in town. And then they would also share with their followers, hey, I'm taking over the Asheville Folk account this week. Give them a follow, follow me there. So we gained a lot more followers because each time we had a takeover, we got a handful, you know, we got all their followers. And then it kind of took a shape of its own. It was first just like a way for me to meet friends really. And then it became kind of a city guide. And then once I made these friends, they all wanted to meet each other too, and they all liked the same things I did, and we're kind of looking for the same things. So we planned a uh, dinner gathering where we had a backyard dinner gathering that was really fun, and we got a bunch of people to um, local people to sponsor it, which was cool. We had Hickory like. Nut Gap sponsored it. Like we eight. had a bunch
1: of meat given to us. We it. had
0: a time and um, our friend Philip, who um, is a chef at a restaurant here, in the Montford, he made dinner for us, and then we had chocolate from French Broad Chocolate Lounge. We had a bunch of beer from uh, uh, Oscar Blues. We had so much stuff. We had so much stuff. There's only like twelve of us there, and we had so much food and drinks. It was so funny. It was
1: really cool. And the string lights and the like. It looked like a. It looked like something out of a magazine.
0: Oh yeah, and everybody came together, like and like brought their own, not their own, but brought enough like dishes and napkins and decorations, and we all just kind of decorated the backyard together and then we all sat down and ate together so it was really fun but then once we uh started posting our photos from it everybody else in Asheville was like oh how do we get invited to this I want to come to this um so it was a bigger bigger thing than that so we started doing more dinner gatherings and um inviting the community too
1: awesome so so when we started you started like when you started the account, I remember when you started the account, and then like I had, I didn't even know she had started the account. Like one day, I just came upstairs, she was doing something. She was like, "Oh yeah, I started this thing. It has like 500 followers now." <laughs> and I was like, "What the heck?" <laughs> and then, um, how many followers does Astro folk have now?
0: Oh, I don't. It has like twenty-two thousand, maybe
1: twenty-two thousand on Instagram. Right. And you started it in um, July. Mm, I
0: think I think May of last year.
1: May of 2015. So, like, a little over a year and a few months and uh, $22,000 was pretty good. It's not bad. Not bad at all. So, like, um, so what was, like, your – so it sounds like your motivation behind it was, it was what?
0: Just community. It was just having friends and a community of creative people around us. I really wanted that. And then then once we got that, we were having these dinner gatherings. All Everybody was so creative and so talented they started wanting to do other things, like they could host a workshop. Or one thing that we did that was really fun, um, or that we do, is Business and Brews, where we'll, it's just a creative talk, where we bring in a local entrepreneur, business owner, to come and share kind of their their story, their journey, and invite the community, it's free, anybody can come. And we hosted it like a local brewery, they like let us use it for free, um, because we bring in so many people that will buy drinks, And we've had, like, uh, over 100 people come to those. Um, And so those are fun. Then we have people who host workshops, like a photography workshop, social media workshop, any kind of skill that um, an entrepreneur needs, we probably host a workshop on it or going to because whenever you're an entrepreneur, a lot of times you're good at something and not so much at other parts of running a business. So if somebody's, like, super creative and an awesome I don't know what they do uh candle maker but if they <laughs> make, <laughs> make candles but they don't know how to build a website mm-hmm. then they're not going to really sell that many candles mm-hmm. um so it's kind of that type of community where there's or if they
1: know how to b- if a person knows how to build a website but doesn't know how to make their own candles there you go free candles free candles <laughs> trade <That's right. laughs> um so it sounds like you just kind of It just kind of evolved, right? It definitely
0: just evolved. It took a shape of its own.
1: It was like your your passion for community. I remember whenever Christine and I first met, we would just talk about things. You know, I was like full-time preaching at the time and traveling and preaching. She was full-time wedding photographer, traveling and doing that. And we would just talk about like, you know, as we were getting to know each other too, it was kind of like, so what is your dream? What is, what are you passionate about? And, um, and for me, it was like, I want to see people spiritually awakened, you know, and like awakened to the love of God. And, She'd be like, I, I want to see that too, but I want to see people like I want to see people at a dinner table. And I remember I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Like I just didn't understand that in my head at the time, um, just because that wasn't a passion of mine. But like what I came to understand is, as you would talk about that, is the the idea of like the dinner table is where people let down their guard and they are sharing a meal and it's where family meets and so um tell me a little bit about that how did you get passionate about that or just that idea of like wanting to do you know these dinners because it seems like every single event we ever do there always somehow turns into a dinner somewhere where everybody's sitting down and eating or something so I don't know, talk, talk about that a little bit your passion for community where did that come from and that just the idea of wanting to have these dinners and things
0: well I don't know, really. Um, I grew up in a big family. I have two brothers and three sisters. Um, So we always had a lot of people around our dinner table. There was eight of us. And it was like the time of day where we kind of talked about what was going on in our life, what happened in our day. And I really liked that. And then I just have a big um, family other than that, like aunts and uncles and cousins. So every holiday, every Christmas, Thanksgiving, even like Easter um, we would go to my grandparents house and just have huge dinners all the time and I just really like that so I don't know is that a good answer oh it's <laughs> a great it's a
1: great answer yeah it's a so, great answer. I mean,
0: it's just like a time whenever you can really get to know somebody with without an agenda you're not trying to like learn a new skill or teach somebody something or sell somebody something hopefully some people are but you know you just get to just talk about your life and I like that.
1: That's great. I love that. Yeah, it seems like um, it's cool because I've seen a lot of our friends now are friends with each other Mm -hmm. through these dinners that we've done and um, through, you know, the business and brews, the creative talks, the workshops. But it seems mostly that people have met um, through these dinner events and they sit next to each other or something and then they like hang out afterward and like, like when I hung out with Obi. Was like, oh, yeah, I'm hanging out with Nathan. We hang out once a month now. I'm like, oh, I haven't even hung out with Nathan in like three months. I didn't <laughs> even, how'd you guys become friends? But they ca- became friends somehow because Sarah Jane and you became friends through Astral Folk. And anyway,
0: yeah, that's one of the cool things about Astral Folk too is I started it because it was something that I needed. I needed friends, I needed a community, something that I really wanted. And then after we started it though, every time we hosted dinner, every time we host a business and brews or any kind of event, somebody comes up to me and is like, thank you for doing this I you know moved here and didn't know anybody or I've lived here for four years and haven't had a community of people and now I'm finally a part of something or I was have lived here my whole life I was born here and for the first time I feel like I have like a family a home a community so it it was kind of neat to see that I like selfishly created it for myself because I needed it but I wasn't the only one you know
1: Mm -hmm. I love that that's awesome. I'm so proud of you. you. Done a great job. So um, tell me a little bit, I'm sure all of the fans, all of your fans want to know, but tell me a little bit about, um, like, what it's been like to – well, tell me kind of, like, when you first became self-employed mm-hmm. and what that was like, like, back in 2010 or 2011. Like, how was that leap and, you know, going from – I guess you worked at a church at the time like as a graphic designer and then you just kind of dove off into the entrepreneur self-employed land.
0: Right well I was like you said I was a graphic designer for a church I was working full-time and I really liked that I thought I wanted to be a graphic designer Um, but then I started doing photography and people started asking me to take photos of them and they paid me and then I shot my first wedding um, and once I put that up on my blog more people messaged me to shoot their wedding and after a few well I guess it was a year because I was doing graphic design for a year but at the same time I had already kind of like the whole time I was taking photos whether I was getting paid or not I was taking photos but not f- not for like a career just for fun and towards the end of that year enough people were asking me to take their photos and paying me to, that I was realized I was making more money shooting than I was at my job. And I also was kind of getting burnt out. It's a lot to work 40 hours a week and then have a business on the side. So eventually I had to decide what I wanted to do. And I I just looked at it and I was like, okay, photography's actually really fun. I enjoy like meeting people and taking their photo. It's good money and I can make my own schedule and I can work from home, so I decided to go with it, and I never looked back. I loved it.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. So, um, what was it like once, um, I mean, was, was there, like, a, was there any, was there any, like, fear or trepidation about, like, leaving that job security to diving out being self-employed?
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. I was very lucky because I got a job right out of college. Um, a lot of my friends didn't, especially in graphic design, it just at that time wasn't, wasn't very, there wasn't a lot of jobs, so, I was very lucky, and then I felt like I was kind of taking it for granted or something if I if I left. But I don't know. I just did it. At the end, I was like, this is what I want to do, so I'm going to make it happen if I have to. I was already I was already making more doing it, so that's the thing, too. I didn't just quit my job, and I'm like, well, let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. I, I had weddings booked. I was working like crazy. I, like, made a responsible decision that mm-hmm. I could do it. But, yeah, I mean, it was scary because – I also had like health insurance and things like that. And it's, it is scary cause you don't know like what the next year looks like or what it looks like after that. But I kind of decided that doing it would be, um, better than not. I would like always regret it or always wonder at least.
1: Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, um, now, uh, we're, we're sitting here. It's like six years later. And, um, would you have ever imagined that you'd be doing what? I mean, we're sitting. Tell the people a little bit about where we're sitting and uh, what you do now, full time.
0: While we're sitting at the Asheville Folk Co-working Space in the South Slope of Asheville, and no,
1: what it what is a co-working space?
0: Okay, so a co-working space is um, a place where people can come and rent out a desk. So if people who work from home, if you're used to working from homes, coffee shops, if you're a graphic designer, photographer, writer, and um, you're self-employed or work remotely, or whatever, you need a place to work, you can come here and have a desk. So we have some people who have a dedicated desk where they leave their monitors, they keep stuff in the drawers, they come and sit at the same place every day. Then there are some people who just work, work like two days a week, and we have communal tables for that, and they bring their laptop and sit down. So it's just a fun, creative environment of a lot of different types of entrepreneurs,
1: and self-employed people. Yeah. And and so like, so for those of you out there that might be thinking of like this like weird like office space with cubicle carpeted cubicles and weird like uh, yeah. well like um, plaid. 70s carpet, you know, from your church's youth group or something <laughs> like that um, with, like, you know, echoey walls and no windows. That is not what this place is. It's not like an office. It didn't feel like that at all. It, um, we've had people that came in. They're like, yeah, I came in because I saw you guys on Google. I was looking for co-working, and, and the pictures of the place were so cool. It was so bright. And so we've got, like, all this inspiring quotes on the wall and, like, these poster-type things or whatever succulents everywhere just imagine like looking at like a kinfolk magazine and like that's like what our office space looks like and so it's super legit it's really really cool now tell me like even six months ago okay so we just got in this what two months ago now so you've been a month and a half and um, like w- w- what would you have ever imagined that you'd be doing this so quickly and, and like running one of these
0: no No, not at all. It happened really, really fast. So I, okay, so I was doing wedding photography, really loved it. It was my dream. We were going to Hawaii all the time. It was great. We moved to Asheville. I started Asheville Folk just to make friends. Then we start hosting things like workshops and making like a little bit of money, not much money, but you know, but I found myself needing to edit a wedding and work on that. And instead I was working on things for Asheville Folk for free. And I started to realize this is what I wanted to do. So I slowly started taking less and less weddings and focusing on Asheville full-time to where we did host a lot of workshops and classes and dinner gatherings. And then I was like, one day it'll be cool if we have a co-working space. We know so many creatives, so many people who need a place to work, who we see at coffee shops all the time because we work from coffee shops. It'd be cool to one day have a co-working space. And so we were just kind of like, that'd be cool one day maybe maybe we'll revisit that next year and then we were renting out this space for a workshop one time for our social media workshop and I was don't know I don't even know how it happened I like can't even remember but the lady who was here she I was just telling her I really liked her space and it was really cool it was a uh craft store like a craft retail store and she hosted like macrame workshops which was cool but Um, I told her that I loved her space and she was like, yeah, I'm trying to get out of it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I was like, oh really? And she just, her career was going a different direction. She didn't need a space like this anymore. It was just her. And I was like, oh really? Well, I like it. (laughs) Um, I might want it. And then we talked about it for a little bit and she, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like the next month she was like, I'm ready to move out. Do you, um, I talked to my Landlord, and he'd be down for you to to take over my lease if you still want it. And I was like, yes, yes.
1: Christina's that kind of person that like, she just like takes every opportunity. She's just like a, if it's in her heart to do, she just she you know, she just says yes and she goes for stuff. And uh, and then I kind am kind of like, oh, we're doing that, okay. I mean, I don't mean she doesn't talk to me about it, but I mean like usually if she's saying yes. I can usually not find any good reasons to say no. And so um, she was like, yeah, let's do this. And I'm like, uh, we don't have the money to do that right now. We don't even know if we have the people to do that right now. And I think we just barely had, we knew we had the people. Like we knew we had the audience that would be interested. But as far as paying like for the first month, we were like, how are we going to do that? And then we just so happened to like get, you got that extra gig that month. And I had some money from when I was like working at the car dealership. And then somehow we just like, Got in here and made it happen. So, like, um, yeah, well, I'm really proud of you for making this happen. Now, it's like, how many people do you have signed up in here?
0: Oh, I don't know. I need to look at my thing. I think between all of it. Okay, so some people are a dedicated desk, and then some people do a, a Monday. Th- desk, like, oh, I explained this earlier. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> and then we have um, people who work just Monday through Friday, and the communal co-working tables and then some people just come in tuesdays and thursdays so all together i think we have like 29 people
1: it's pretty good
0: yeah it's not it's not a huge space so um
1: so that's a good number that's how we can fit they have,
0: they have different, different packages. packages yeah
1: nice well um okay let's turn let's turn the corner here a little bit and um let's turn that corner let's turn it turn it a little further <laughs> so um What are some of your? What have been some of like the biggest challenges in your life, and how did you um, make it through those challenges?
0: (laughs) Oh gosh, the biggest challenges in my life.
1: Just share from the heart. Just be vulnerable with the people. They want your fans want to know. how what's made Christina Christina
0: Um, okay I don't really know but the biggest challenges I guess seem to be um, always around money I think for me at least everything I want to do I feel like is takes a lot of money and don't always have a lot of money so it's just finding a way like being being resourceful and finding a way to make things partner with people to make things happen um like even with this co-working space even with fall break it's like all of these things you need thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to do (laughs) which we never had but somehow we just had like the the drive and the people really people who are willing to like do it with us I think
1: so that's good so money so uh so less money, more problems. I thought it was more money, <laughs> more problems. But, okay, so accomplishing your dreams um, even when it feels like the funds aren't there to do it, it sounds like. But it seems right. like you've done a good job even uh, even without, you know, That's true. having, it like, happens. a big influx of cash or whatever. So um, now tell me, too, you you have a interesting um, or unique family situation with – uh, your older brother, right? Um, so tell tell us a little bit about that and kind of just your journey with your older brother.
0: Okay. Well, like I said, I have a very big family. I have two brothers and three sisters. My oldest brother was born with Down syndrome. He was born um, right before me. He has very severe Down syndrome. So he doesn't even talk or really communicate while... Um, so I grew up having a brother with Down syndrome and kind of not, not really understanding that. And whenever I was a kid, of course, he was my older brother. So I didn't really know anything different until I got to be a little bit older and would like notice people staring, you know, notice people staring at him and, uh, realizing that like everybody didn't have a brother like that too, you know?
1: um yeah so um so what was the, like I know you've told me stories of like because you you know uh, you grew up in a Christian home you are a Christian and um so like I know you had times where like that it seems like it affected your faith at times and um I don't know just talk about that a little bit like
0: Okay. Well, I did grow up in a Christian home. I grew up praying like every single night for my brother. Every night before we went to bed. We would just pray his name's Davey but like pray that Davy can talk. Pray that you'll Davy will learn how to, you know, I don't even know. Just praying that he would be normal. Um and I did that my whole life since I was like old enough to talk. I was probably like three. And I guess I was probably younger than that when I talked. But anyways, um, so we prayed that all the time. And then it never happened. It never happened. And so it was kind of confusing, definitely as a child. But I think as a child, I just thought like, oh, it hasn't happened yet. It hasn't happened yet. And you keep praying for it and you keep praying for it. And you think that like the day will come. And then as an adult, it's a little bit different because... Well, because
1: even like as a child he's still developing mm-hmm. you know, and you're thinking maybe not even just like a miracle, but just more like well maybe that part hasn't developed like, mm-hmm. or
0: something. Yeah. And then as an adult he's thirty, he just, 30 he, just okay. he just turned thirty or he just turned thirty one. He just turned thirty one. So now it's like it's just a little bit more I don't know, you don't pray the same way anymore. Mm-hmm. I guess. So, yeah, uh, it was confusing, and I didn't understand why it happened. to My parents, I kind of had this weird idea. I think a lot of uh, kids growing up probably do that, like, you get punished. Like, that's like a punishment, or that you didn't pray hard enough, or you didn't have enough faith when you prayed, or else it would have happened. And then you see all these crazy things happening of people being um, healed. Especially if you grow up in the church, you hear all these things of, all these different healings, but you've never seen anybody healed of Down syndrome, you know? Like, you never, like, read about that or hear about that. At least I don't. I definitely never seen it, have seen it. So it just kind of made you be like, well, if God can really do all that, if people's legs are growing back and all this stuff, how come, like, my parents who are two of the most, like, godly people I know and – My entire family's praying for him every day of his life. I know he's had, like, multiple people praying for him every day of his life. How come it didn't work, you know? So it kind of – I did have sort of, like, a weird relationship with – still think I have a weird relationship with, like, healing stuff. Um, Just to where it's, like, maybe jealousy. Maybe I'm just, like, well, jealous that didn't happen for him or – or kind of doubting if it's really happening when it, if it's really happening.
1: Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So like with, um, so like, uh, what would you say to people that maybe have, um, like a situation in their life where, cause, cause, uh, like, th- first of all, thanks for being vulnerable and sharing that. I know that's – and that's one thing about Christina, too. I don't even think it's jealousy. I think it's just that you care a lot. I just think – she's, like, one of the most caring people I've ever met in my whole life, and she just loves people and cares deeply, especially family, and because uh, that's how your family is. You get that from your family. They're just very loving and caring. What would you say to people that maybe are going through a hard time that they don't understand, like, um, what has brought you, like, inner strength and just hope and um, – like, what would you say?
0: Well, um, let's see. Whenever, I would always ask my mom and my dad, I am going to answer question in a roundabout yeah. way, um, why this happened, like, why is this happening to Davey? Why, like, why did God let this happen? And my mom would always tell me, she would say, I don't know. And um, I don't know, I really liked that. I like that because I felt like my parents had answers for everything, you know, and they could really, really explain God. And and then when it came to that, though, they were just very honest and, like, completely willing to just say they don't know. And I think that's helped me a lot, too, to just be like, okay, I don't have to know everything. I don't have to all have all the answers or be able to explain God or religion or any type of, like anything like that it's okay to just be like I don't know I don't know why this happens but um so I like that answer and then on top of it instead of like I guess making the most of your situation making the most of your circumstances I got to watch my parents do that which I was very lucky to see um when my brother was about 10 so he started being loud, like he doesn't talk, but he makes noises. So he would start making really loud noises one time, and he just—he didn't do well in church. So if we're it's a sunny morning and we're in church, I remember one time he pulled this lady's hair in front of us. It was this old lady, and he just grabbed her hair and like pulled her her hair and my mom just started crying my mom went home so many times my mom left church just crying and wouldn't want to go back because she was like I can't you know I can't take Davey back he doesn't do well um so I think my mom and my dad were pretty heartbroken about that because church was so important to them and there just wasn't a place for my brother there wasn't a place for him to go uh he didn't do well in children's church either, you know, nobody could like really handle him or take care of him in there. So, uh, instead of stop going or whatever, my, my parents, they started a ministry f- called the Ark and, um, it was for kids and adults with special needs. So they, um, Hold on. Sorry, I lost my train of thought. Oh no, um, yeah, they started the ARC. And then, oh, yeah, because they met so many families after that. So they started the ARC um, and opened it up to, like I said, children and adults with special needs. And then so many people would come to it, and people who hadn't been to church in forever. And not only – it was for the for the person with um, special uh, yeah special needs, but their parents would come too, and their parents would like – sit there with them and would tell them like this is the first time we've been to church in like 10 years um and then sometimes they the parents would be able to go into the normal church you know like they they should have the freedom to do that so they were able to do that while um my parents kind of they did like so much that they did like these fun songs that people could almost like more childish you know Mm -hmm. songs that we did when we were younger and then they would have like puppet shows and skits and just really light, fun but encouraging encouraging any, messages. Do you have any
1: um songs that <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> um I mean so many. The
1: snakes. Seems like I've heard you sing, um I don't know, just share with the no, I'm not the gonna part.
0: sing <laughs> 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 Um I'm trying to think of a really good song though. Um anyways I got to watch that happen and so then I saw so many people come come to church because of that and I just also saw something in my parents like fulfilled you know feeling like their son had a place like he was welcome and they offered that to so many other families and that was really cool it was really powerful and so it's kind of like I try to think of it as more of a miracle even though I'd still love for him to talk it's like more of a miracle that all of these families um and all of these people are making friends and connecting and being a part of something, you know, yeah. that they never would have before.
1: That's pretty amazing. So, um, so in a sense, the, the, th- the thing that felt so negative, the way your parents just responded to it actually brought a lot of positivity to a lot of other people's lives. Yeah. That's really powerful. That's really, really powerful. So you'd tell people going through something, just find the silver lining in a mm-hmm. sense, or just let it be used to. Cause, I mean, your your dad is like your mom and dad are some of the most amazing people, and they're the, mo- the most servant-hearted people, and um, and your brother's fun. Me and da- da- I think Davey likes me. Uh, he does. he loves you. We're buds. He, he he'll every once in a while he'll go after you though. He'll pinch <laughs> you or grab you. Um, but it's all I always get a kick out of it whenever he like if I say <laughs> something, and then like if I'm talking to you or somebody else and say something kind of funny, and then I look over and he's laughing because he, every once in a while he'll start to just kind of laugh out of the blue. I always think that I always like to think that I made him laugh or something, um, but anyway, that that's really powerful. Well, thanks for sharing that with us. Um, okay, so who are uh, I don't know one of the most inspiring people? Somebody who's inspired you the most? One or two people that have inspired you the most and why?
0: Okay, well, my parents. I kind of already explained why, but both of my parents are just very strong and creative. In a different way. Mm -hmm. Uh, My mom doesn't think she's creative, and neither of them are, like, artsy or anything, but they create things all the time, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, So, both of my parents, I would say. And then, my grandma. My grandma's 93, and she lives down the street from my parents, and she's just so, so, like, smart and witty and fun.
1: How does she know? 93.
0: You just said that. Yeah.
1: Now, uh, what about what about like a um, are there any like authors or speakers or podcasters? Oh or yes, I'm
0: so heard? sorry, Blaze Feray. No no, 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 no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but really, um,
0: no. I am. I am inspired by you, though. No, thanks. thanks yeah, for multiple reasons. Blaze is like one of the kindest, definitely the kindest person I've ever met. Just like very kind to everyone he meets, makes everyone feel welcome, makes everyone feel comfortable. And then also is just a very hard worker and kind of down for whatever, down to make stuff happen. Go on, go on, go on, go on,
1: yes, (laughs) yes. Awesome. Now, uh, what would be – Okay, do you want a real
0: podcast now?
1: I really Okay, I
0: really like – I like listening to podcasts. I like listening to – Because mine's not a real podcast.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but just yeah, tell the people like maybe a, a couple people that have really inspired okay. you, given you like. I like Anne Lamott.
0: Mm-hmm. I like to read her books. I like Anne Lamott. I like um, This American Life. I like listening to that podcast. I like the Moth podcast. I like storytelling, mm-hmm. and I like Pete Holmes. Yeah. I like him.
1: What do you like about Pete Holmes?
0: I like his podcast. I like uh, you made it weird because he interviews a lot of comedians and different types of people. But then he always gets them to talk about important things. Towards Mm -hmm. the end, he's like, "So what happens after you die?" Mm -hmm. Just out of nowhere, it's
1: interesting. So he brings like faith into it, or something. Mm -hmm.
0: I like the Relevant podcast a lot; it's my favorite one. Mm -hmm. And then I like Serial magazine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just telling you all the things I like. (laughs) (laughs) I like peanut M Ms.
1: (laughs) Peanut M Ms, yum, (laughs) yum, awesome. Well, um. This was a great show. I think we might end up uh, breaking this up into two episodes, maybe. Um, now, I do want to end with uh, a couple more questions. One question would just be, um, maybe just one more. But um, what are what are some words to live by? What are some th- things that you like? What would be like your? I mean, obviously, you don't you don't just have to have one, but like, what is, what are the mottos that you live by? Maybe you've never thought about putting them into words, but if you were to like. If somebody say, well, why do you do what you do? Mm-hmm. Um, what are you all about? What are, what are some like little phrases? Um, not those posters on the wall. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. Um, well, I know that you said not the poster on the wall, but I really do like this one that I just found, um, I guess, last year, the Too Busy to Hate. Mm-hmm. So we have this giant poster. It used to be in our house and now it's in our co-working space. And it says Too Busy to Hate. And it's from a company out of Atlanta, Um, Georgia but I just love that I love the fact of like okay I don't have time to talk negatively about other people or about their work or about what they're doing I'm over here hustling and you know Mm -hmm. I just love that I love that idea um, and I like trying to to practice that like don't compare yourself I know hate's not the same as comparing but also like too busy to compare myself to other people too busy to worry about somebody else who's starting something up or mm-hmm. just just staying staying busy working on your own thing that's, good. that's my favorite
1: that's good one right now I love that and um what are we going to see from you here in the next like you know one two three years what what's on the what's on the horizon for you
0: mm, I don't know I know I always everything that's happened I never would have thought or planned so it's hard to say but I can tell you the immediate future which is fall break is next week, which is, um, we already told you our big conference retreat. And then we have a publication that we is taking so much longer than I thought it would. It's a lot of work to put together a publication, but it's going to be an annual, um, I don't want to say the word magazine because it's going to come out once a year, but it's going to be more of like a coffee table style book, um, featuring like all the best places in Asheville. And some fun stories about, like, overcoming obstacles. Actually, wait. Moving mountains, overcoming obstacles, and lives well-lived is the theme of it. So that's going to be really good. Who's
1: putting
0: that together? Um, Well, me and— You are. See, this
1: girl's a hustler. She's putting together a magazine, I mean, publication right now. She just opened up this co-working space. She's putting on a retreat next week. I mean, it's insane. I have a full time job as her assistant basically. <laughs> so um, I have a lot of
0: people helping me though. Like even with the magazine. Emily's editing it and took submissions and stuff like that. The co working space, I had people in here helping me build tables, like straight up building tables. And um Blaze helps me with everything.
1: It's true. It's true while running this podcast <laughs> and selling life insurance <laughs> and writing books. Um last thing uh w- w- when are we gonna when are we gonna see a book from you when's your book coming out
0: mm, mm, I don't know uh, my goal my goal was to have a book by the time I was 30 that happens February 5th so I'm running out of time here All
1: right, Well, be on the lookout folks February 5th <laughs> The Life of Christina Ferrey I have
0: a lot of writing to do to make that
1: happen Any parting thoughts um, parting thoughts for the peeps Mm no be yourself do your thing (laughs) hustle hard (laughs) stay too busy to hate make the most out of uh make the most out of negative situations or seemingly negative situations turn them into powerful positive situations
0: yeah there was something I can't remember what it was I read a quote the other day um I can't remember what it was but it was like I think it it was like relationships will take you where money can't go I like that
1: (laughs) that's good that's good we wouldn't be where we are
0: no I feel like I live that yeah Yeah.
1: obviously us together but then just like the world around us everybody that we've met has Mm -hmm. given their time given their efforts to create help create what we're creating Mm -hmm. so and you do a great job of bringing people together so that that would be the one thing I'd tell people too just to learn from you is don't be afraid to step out and meet somebody new if you're in a new city email somebody and say get coffee with me you know,
0: Most people are nice and they like want to. Um, if they're not, then forget that. You don't need that. <laughs> I don't need you.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for being with us today, Christina.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: And um, where can people find you and your work?
0: Mm, you can find me at christinaferre.com I haven't updated my blog in a year, I don't think. But you can follow me on Instagram at christinafarey. And, and follow Asheville folk. Ashvillefolk.com, Ashvillefolk on Instagram,
1: Ashvillefolk Facebook, Folk LinkedIn, LinkedIn, <laughs> Ashvillefolk <laughs> Live <laughs> Journal, Ashvillefolk Pokemon Go. <laughs> All right, peace out, you guys. Thanks for for coming in, and uh, everybody check out Fallbreak.co and share this episode with your friends, folks. If you think this is going to encourage somebody send it out. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. I love you guys. You guys are amazing. Peace out.